3: Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here. Marcus grand MG. The man behind the glass is Alex Gelhar, a.k.a. the Wiz from Wisconsin. And the Fantasy Hall of Famer. That would be Michael Fabiano. Gentlemen, what's up? What's How are you? All right, so we got a big show in front of us, right? Uh, we got to break down this Monday night game, get to your top headlines. We're going to talk about, of course, about waiver wire ads. Oh, what to do? What to do if you're an Aryan foster
1: yeah, come on owner. now but uh and i the, i'm a six time Aryan foster <laughs> owner, and uh today I have to start the unenviable task of trying to replace his production somewhat <coughs> off of the waiver wire why uh, I, mean, I mean why is it this I, way I, I may why, be, uh, why
3: in 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 the last three weeks do we have to talk about Jamal Charles. And Arian Foster going down. I don't know. It makes me sad. It does make. It's me It's depressing because he was balling,
1: man. He was balling. Not uh, ah, cool. He was a guy that I targeted in almost every league, obviously, because he was falling into the fourth round, and I said, "eh, I'll suck it
3: up for four weeks." <laughs> All right. So yeah, we'll get to um, we'll get to some of your top waiver wire targets as well. Um, you know, we'll we'll break down some matchups. Don't you worry about it. So, but first, let's uh, react to this Monday night football game. Holy cow, that run by C J. 2K. That was fun. What is the deal? what's he the found deal the here? Uh, he found the fountain of youth uh,
4: in Arizona? It seems. Like. He also found the loophole in the forward progress. For <laughs> I don't think uh, you guys were texting that. I don't think it was like a forward progress issue. It wasn't like the lineman was impeding his forward progress. Cj Two K was just sitting on him and was like, "All right, I'm going to leave." I don't know. <laughs> just, he ran away. But, it, but it's it seemed like the play had stopped. Right. I mean, I mean, it seemed like his forward momentum had stopped. But not not when forward progress is stopped. It's when there's like four guys like holding him back, and it's like the immovable force meets the unstoppable object or whatever the heck that expression is, and they're just <laughs> sitting there like, Ugh, like right. fighting. This was not that. The guy, they rolled over, CJ2, CJ2K was sitting, there was no whistle because the refs never saw any part of him that would indicate he was down touching the ground, and then he left. I don't think – I was like, great, heads up, play. I'd love, to, I'd love for one of our
3: Twitter followers to, to let me know if it was an old college rule. I think it was an old college rule where if you sat down on top of a, uh, a defender and the defender was down, you thereby
4: were, were down. down. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the Transitive uh, property of being down? Is yeah, that yeah I guess so. Look, there's, I, there's enough murkiness in NFL rules as is. <laughs> no knee or elbow touched the ground. He's not down. He ran.
1: Well, at least something that. as simple as a catch is easy for us to decide. Oh, right, yeah. Of course. It's, oh, so, yeah. simple.
3: it's uh, so simple. But, no, uh, you know, breaking down some of these numbers here, Carson Palmer, 275 through the air. He had two scores. He was extremely efficient. Dude, he's he looked great. So good. and 20 were, of 29. Throwing if you the were pole, one man. of the
1: fantasy owners who waited on a quarterback and took him late, Man, that was the
3: play to make. Uh, Joe Flacco not nearly as efficient. Uh, Twenty-six of forty-two, fifty-two through the air, a pick and an interception. Um, it was good to see Justin Forsett get back into the end zone and it salvaged what was generally a not so great fantasy day, but still ended up with uh, nearly ten points. Uh, so he uh, was he had, he had get over ten, it 10 points because he had some receivers. Oh, yards. that's right. That's right. My bad. Uh, Chris Johnson, the star, no doubt about it. One hundred twenty-two rush yards, uh, picked up a touchdown as well. John Brown looked. <laughs> I mean, John Brown has continued to look pretty good. But he's, he's had, what, three double-digit point games in a row now. And he's turning those uh, opportunities um, from flags into actual production, which is great to see.
4: Yeah, as, as we said earlier in the year, it's just, it was just a matter of time before he had his blow-up game and he didn't do, do it all in one game. He stretched it out over several now, so Which is that's great. good to see. I know, that's even better. Well, I think he's really been helped by Larry Fitzgerald looking so much younger again this yeah. year. I, mean, cause I yeah.
2: think that was part of the reason he had a slow start. Everybody was really focusing on John Brown. Now that Larry Fitzgerald is proving that he can be the same guy he used to be, uh, you know, defenses can't
3: just key
2: on one receiver now. That's, that's helped out a lot.
3: Um, by the way, Jermaine Gresham, absolutely worth a look. Uh, in deeper league.
4: Li- oh, oh, <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's <laughs> Jermaine Gresham. Wiz, about I would I agree with Wiz that. is not excited <laughs> at all about no. Jermaine Gresham. Please no.
3: Darren Fells goes down with injury. Jermaine Gresham steps in and. I, he, you didn't think he looked at least a little bit explosive, Jermaine?
4: That that tight end screen they threw to him might have been the slowest play in the NFL. <laughs> and that includes the pass to the lineman that the Ravens ran. I just earlier. Say, this is when
2: they you know, this is considering the Ravens threw a pass to a lineman and three passes to Kyle Yuschek. So. You-
1: can, can anyone J- in the room actually name the last useful tight end
2: to play in Arizona? Uh,
3: well, there haven't been a lot of useful fantasy
4: players. Dan period. Campbell?
1: I mean... <laughs> I'm telling
4: you, man, it was like... Rob, Rob Housler had a game or two. Out he had of baby. Nice call. Freddie Jones. Yeah, no, I was going to drop Rob Housler, but I'm like, he had like one good game. <laughs> yeah, they, no, they, uh, don't, they don't do much. And Arian's Arizona. offense just doesn't feature the tight end, so... L- Larry Fitzgerald came back to earth a little bit here, huh? Three receptions, 39 yards. I think touchdowns. it's just a pick your poison matter for opposing defenses and sadly maybe fantasy owners with that Arizona passing attack because... Now that Michael Floyd's healthy, he's been playing over 70% of the snaps again. Yeah. And he's got a touchdown in the last two weeks. Sure. No
3: doubt about it. Uh, you talk about uh, them spreading the wealth. Uh, no one had over six targets. And uh, one, two, three, four, five, five four, five. Five players had at least four targets. So anywhere between four and six targets for five different guys, that is, <laughs> I mean, that is spreading the wealth, my friends. Uh, so it's pretty good. Uh, on the other side of the ball, how about Steve Smith Sr.? Continuing to produce. I mean, I mean, torched Patrick Peterson on one play. Uh, he looked great. 78 yards, no touchdowns for him. But I, I think you take that in that matchup and in that game
4: flow. I think if when Steve Smith retires, he puts out, like, a workout or health book, I'm going to buy it. Oh, I would buy it. I want whatever heartbeat. he's got. He's got, like... Fracture's in his back, and he's still out there making plays. And Toradol, a baby.
1: Toradol. Just ask Akbar. Akbar,
4: yeah. yeah. I think Steve Smith's got something else, though, too, at 36 to be roasting – other very good, much younger football players. It's
3: craziness. It is craziness what he's doing. But anyways, 26-18, your final score is so interesting
4: that uh, the Ravens made it close late. Was anybody else praying for overtime? I love it. I was like, I could could use another John Brown touchdown, please. (laughs) So
3: let's go to overtime. That would be wonderful. Yeah, no, I I mean, they drove all the way down there. Um, You know, Flacco threw a... uh, a bad pick in the end zone. But, you know, I mean, at that point, what can you do? There was time ticking down. He basically had to make a play and threw up a YOLO ball, and it got picked. So that's fine. But anyways, 26-18. Flacco being 18. Flacco on the road. I guess so. 26-18, you know. your final score. Um, uh, You know, it was a close game in the first half. The Cardinals blew blew it open in the third, and uh, Ravens made it close in the fourth. But uh, but overall, pretty good game. And, and if you had any fantasy players in this uh, matchup,
4: you know, everyone – Pretty the name's much, produced. Yeah, Do you guys absolutely. do you guys trust anybody else outside of Forsett and Smith on the Ravens, though? No. Not really. No. Flacco at home with a good matchup. That's about it. It was good to see Crockett get seven targets and five catches again. No doubt. he had disappeared when he had that calf injury. No doubt. Um, and uh, I would have been concerned about them rotating Max Williams and more, but he's got, like, knee and ankle injuries. So if yeah. you're desperate for um, tight end help, as a lot of people are, You know, give Crockett a look again because he's probably available in the vast majority of leagues.
3: Well, I mean, and and as you mentioned, Crockett Gilmore himself is returning uh, to form after Mm -hmm. dealing with a series of injuries himself. So, uh, no, you're right. Um, They like him in the offense. That's for sure. Uh, He was the uh, second highest targeted Baltimore receiver. So it was Steve Smith with nine. Crockett Gilmore with seven targets. No one else. Oh, I guess Marlon Brown did have. And uh,
4: Kyle you had.
3: No, by. stop it with Kyle check. Hey man, they keep targeting the guy, especially in the red zone. The guy sees the ball a lot now. I do like the fact that uh, I'm I'm looking here. He <laughs> on his receptions, he had uh, four receptions for 15 yards. He had the Keenan Allen line and. <laughs> One of them ended up being for a touchdown. That's fine. But I love the average, right? 3.8
4: average on a reception. His longest was 11, too. <laughs> so his other three went for four yards. <laughs> but that is great. That's great. It's It was it was
3: funny. I love it. Um. All right. So what do we make of uh, Andre Ellington, by the way? Uh, he's, he's the hammer. He's,
1: he's basically a uh, bench fodder right now. Ugh. And if you need to pick up a uh, running back to replace Foster, say Alfred Blue. Uh, or McFadden, or James Starks, you can cut them. Because Arians is all in on
2: Chris Johnson.
3: Is he, though? I mean...
2: He's absolutely... Chris
3: Johnson did you wa- has did you dominated watch that, the touches. Did you
2: watch that fourth quarter, though? I mean, Andre Ellington is the hammer. And if this team can continue to get leads, which is not out of the realm of possibility, considering how they play... Andre, I mean, look, he's not—he's obviously not going to be the, the the number one guy, but he was the guy when they were trying to run the clock, when they were trying to kill that game off, they kept giving him the football. And when they brought, they brought Chris Johnson back in late in that game, they got stopped quickly, and that's pretty much what set up Baltimore's last opportunity to win. Andre Ellington is their fourth quarter. He's their hammer right now. Um, uh, I, I, don't, I, don't I don't know if, I'm know, I, don't know if I agree fantasy with you though. on that. Well, no, I mean it's not, but I mean he's not he's not dead yet, is what I'm saying. There still opportunities he, had, there for him. He's had eight carries in his last three
1: games. I mean the opportunities are not there. Um, he said last he said six carries in his last. Oh, and three. You said three. Yeah, six in the last. Chris two. Johnson's the guy. It, it, Bruce Arians loves to lean on his veterans. He loves mm-hmm. it. Uh, so this is a team after his own heart, right? He's got Chris Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, and Carson Palmer. Uh, if how he, is Bruce Arians doing this? By the way. He's an awesome
4: coach. Listen, man,
3: he's a smart guy. He's a smart coach. I get it. I get it. But if you go back and look at, you know, the last 10 years in the NFL, it is amazing what Bruce Arians is getting out of these old guys. I mean, these guys. Also, also, Fitzgerald's only
1: like thirty. He's not that old, right? But, I mean, you know, he's old in, I guess, NFL years at at, – comparatively, because if he's old, boy, we're ancient.
3: Well, I, no, I look, I get that. I'm, I'm just saying from a football perspective. Sure. I mean, you look at Carson Palmer, Chris Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, guys who are, you know, clearly on the backside of their careers. I mean, he's resurrecting guys like Dwight Freeney, who had a sack. In that game, he's
4: rest. I mean, it is amazing what he's been there. I able think to part, do of, do, I think part, part of it's guys want to play for him, right. too. Right? I was ju- Alex you like, just read my guys. Mind. Guys get just up for read that. Read my mind. Yep. I mean, you know, Palmer. Palmer quarterbacks can play forever, but a guy like Chris Johnson is the most surprising one. He still has a bullet in his shoulder. I was just about to say, <laughs> he's fifty cent up in the joint. <laughs> he's getting shot in the offseason, coming to Arizona and balling. By the way, Chris Johnson is second in the NFL in rushing. Yep, a just man. like we all figured. Amazing. Partying like it's 2009.
1: And he's and he's, I believe, in the top ten in fantasy points among running
4: backs. I believe right so. Now.
1: Yeah. And think about it. He didn't even go to training camp.
4: Nope. That's <laughs> that's one of the most surprising stories for me.
3: It is amazing. Chris Johnson, good for you, bro. Fifty cent in the joint. Fifty cent into club? In the club, man. Nine shots, all good. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna come in, miss <laughs> training camp. <laughs> I'm going to be a top 10 back in this league. Don't even worry about it. All right. Man. Should we hit some news? All right. Let's hit some news.
2: The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news.
0: Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles, We continue to follow breaking news. watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to have your kids, have your wife.
3: All right, your top headline today, of course, it resides in Houston. Unfortunately, Arian Foster blew out his Achilles. He's done for the year. Houston, we have a problem. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, so, of course, you could fire up the you're my boy blue sounders all over the place. And uh, also a very good quote from HBO's Hard Knocks as well, Marcus Grant.
2: Bang, bang, chicken and shrimp. But ah. I'm
3: teeing you up, pal.
2: I missed it. I'm
3: sorry. I'm te-
4: Sorry. Hit, can you get Marcus out of your like, yogurt? Sorry, and, sorry. And, and hit sorry. me with the bang bang. He's over there surfing the interwebs right now. He's on the interwebs. I'm, He's you got know, yogurt
3: rocking I've got a bro, whole
4: media center
2: here. I right? am
3: I'm, I'm setting you up. I,
2: I whiffed on that. Oh man. All right.
3: All right. <laughs> 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 I didn't even want to I didn't even want to steal your joke. I'm like, <laughs> here you go, bro. Uh, but, no, uh, Marcus, let, let me ask you if I can interrupt your yogurt for a Please. second. Please. Um, if, if you got Arian Foster, what do you do? Uh,
2: I mean, Alfred Blue obviously is, is the next man up in the offense. But chances are you are going with your own fantasy running back committee right now. I mean, you're probably playing the waiver wire. You, you're, you're going to see who else is out there. And, and it's it's going to be a week-to-week situation because the one thing about Alfred Blue If Houston keeps falling behind, and you know, I I don't expect them to fall behind forty one to nothing in the first half in every single game, but if they are playing from behind, which is certainly possible, then you know he's not the kind of guy like Arian Foster where you're going to leave him on the field and, and keep giving him touches.
4: So they have
3: one pretty darn good week against he did.
4: Atlanta. But he absolutely did. Everyone's
3: pretty much done well against Atlanta,
4: but well, they you just you can't count on him week. That to week. they were that was the only game where they gave him like the lion's share of the touches because that was what it was interesting before Foster came back. The first couple games Houston went true committee, where Blue got some looks, Grimes Polk. got some looks, and Polk got some looks. That Atlanta game they finally fed Blue and he produced. So I think he's the one you go out and get first, but like Chris Polk's worth a look too. Ew. I wouldn't I wouldn't jump anything on Jonathan Grimes. Well, Chris Polk's the passing down back too, uh, likely uh, now.
1: Keep keep in mind right when so when Foster was out, uh, Blue was averaging about 16 touches a game, but most of them came in that one game. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they will go to Alfred Blue. I also read reports that they are not going to sign a running back. They're they are not yet with the three guys they have. Blue's the best option, but. It's the same kind of thing as Jamal Charles. I mean, you're not going to be able to replace that production. Arian Foster is just that good. In fact, if you're in a league where McFadden is still out there, um, you you may want to take it. Ronnie Hillman is coming off a bye. Maybe somebody dropped him or he wasn't picked up because he wasn't playing. I I mean, that's another guy that that you can certainly take a look at. But uh, it's going to be tough, man. Uh, You know, I feel bad for the Miz. Number one, because I kicked his butt in our Celebrity League. Number two, his first three picks in the draft – Jamal Charles, no. Jordy Nelson,
4: Arian Foster. No! Oh. Really? Wow. Sorry, really? Miz. That hurts. Man. Yep.
1: yep, I feel bad for him because that, I mean, that you don't get worse than that. You, you don't get worse than that from uh, from uh, an injury perspective.
3: I know Alex Gelhar has a name for me and has a name for the fantasy masses out there. And that name resides in Tennessee.
4: Oh, yeah, my boy David Cobb. I was, like, I was like, where are you going? I was like, we already talked about all the Houston running backs, James. I was like, don't set me up like this. No, buddy. Well, he, he can't come back Week nine. for another couple of weeks. Week nine. So, I so, mean, he's not an
1: immediate Band-Aid.
4: No, but he's he's somebody to, like, if you want to get ahead of the curve, curve and, like, you know, be ahead of time, scoop him up now before mm-hmm. he becomes a hot commodity on the waiver wire because that Tennessee backfield is a wasteland right now. It's a right mess.
3: Now. What, you don't believe in Antonio Andrews? How dare you! No. I believe
4: in him more than anybody else currently <laughs> active Jermaine, on that roster. Jermaine Gresham might actually be faster than Antonio Andrews. <laughs> I'd have to go to the tape. How dare you, sir? So, and it's not—it's not a guarantee either that Cobb comes in and actually produces. But right now, like everything's lining up for him to c- potentially come in and be one of those like late-season surgers, like the Jeremy Hill last year or the C.J. Anderson that takes the the line share, of the touches, and really helps it spark his offense.
3: All right, so we'll stay with the running back theme. I, I did want to talk about uh, Joseph Randall um, and that Dallas backfield. Um, you know, he's Joseph Randall's got an oblique injury. It's There's reports that he may miss, quote-unquote, sometime, whatever that means. The
4: same one that he had in the preseason, right? Ooh, that's not good. Um,
3: so I, I guess I ask you, uh, you know, obviously Darren McFadden looked, I mean, he looked great, 150 yards on the ground uh, for Darren McFadden, and— And what was I saying in the preseason, guys? I said in the preseason. I thought that Darren McFadden was a better fit for this offense they need a guy who can grind you four to five yards, and of uh, and every now and again break off a fifteen to twenty yarder. I
4: still love that he's been the healthiest of all the Dallas Cowboys right exactly. backs. Well, that's <laughs> what when you when you said James like in the offseason, you're like, I think Darren McFadden's gonna come around at the end of the season. I'm like, bro, bro, he's gonna be in the trainer room. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, it's because Joseph Randall was getting all the early season work. I mean, they, they I, I'm not saying that they were protecting Darren McFadden, but, ah, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, look, Joe Randall's getting all the work in the early. season season and now it's time for 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 Darren McFadden to come in and and in my mind I think really took over that backfield I'm really excited about what Darren McFadden I also think that I mean listen the Cowboys are in
1: trouble I mean they've lost four games in a row sure they're not going to keep McFadden on the sidelines if he's the best running back so now because of Randall's injury an opportunity has has opened up and McFadden walked through the Giants run defense is just terrible so uh, if you do pick up McFadden, I mean, he's looking at the Seahawks dead in the face. It's not like Darren McFadden yeah. from his salad days with the Oakland Raiders. You're looking at a guy who is going to be a matchup-based starter. Uh, but with Charles out and Foster out and Lacey, well, he may as well be out. Um, McFadden's going to end up playing a pretty prominent role for a lot of people as long as Randall is out. And if he can keep that job and stay healthy, well, then maybe
2: he does become an asset for fantasy owners. Can we, can we talk about an emerging pattern here with, with Kristen Michael? Um, you know, Remember a couple years ago, he was the guy. He was going to be the guy in Seattle. He was going to be the guy to take over from Marshawn Lynch. They liked Kristen Michael. He's going to see more touches. You know, they're going to rest beast mode. And then Robert Turbin took over. And now both those guys are out of there, and Thomas Rawls is the next man up. But here here we have Kristen Michael in Dallas, where he's taking first-team reps, and he's going to be the guy, and he may be taking over for Joseph Randall, and everybody's running to get him off the waiver wire. And now Darren McFadden is, you know, according to a a tweet I just saw, Jerry Jones is saying Darren McFadden is
4: going to be the starter this week. Uh, I think that's mostly just because... Kristen Michael has the largest and loudest group of truthers in football Twitter, so that's why anytime there's any mention of him, it's like a groundswell, like grassroots effort where they're like, "Woo, Kristen Michael! Now's his time!" And this happened. You're right; it's cyclical. But he's still a very talented back, and but there's something about him that keeps him from getting on the field. I mean, because coaches
2: keep saying, you know, they love him at practice. These those are all the reports from sources, you know, like sure. And he doesn't get on the field. So at least, so at some point. Do we start to believe there's just something about Kristen Michael? Maybe not a talent thing, but there's something about Kristen Michael where we just can't... Is that a movie? Trust him? Something about Kristen Michael? Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Cameron Diaz. That's right. We'll get her in. Jeez. (laughs)
3: Um, Yeah. First of all, uh, it's uh, it's very clear. We, We can't trust the Dallas coaches at all. No. Christian Michael is getting the first team reps. And then, of course, then they say, oh, well, you know, I don't see... A much of a change in in the backfield backfield. Yeah, then
1: they were going to stick with Randall, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, no, no, we can't trust them at all. Uh, they are they're becoming one of those coaching staffs. Those coaching staffs. (laughs) Those. (laughs) Right. Uh, It's very much like John Fox up in Chicago. You can't trust anything that comes out of his mouth, but that's fine. All right. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about the Niners. Carlos side. We have to. (laughs) <laughs> Marcus, you can hit the cough button and uh, uh, <laughs> Carlos Hyde. <clears throat> they asked him about uh, a stress fracture in his foot, and he said, "Well, yeah, kind of, maybe, sort of. I don't know, maybe."
4: What does that mean? I don't know. I was uh, yesterday, and uh, I think maybe on Sunday too. I was trying to find out more information about There's this. There's nothing. There out is there. nothing. I was There's looking at nothing out there. All the like, all the newspapers in the Bay Area. Right. I was trying to look at other things, like ch- scouring Twitter and stuff. Right. There is nothing about his foot injury, and it doesn't sound good either. And, and the, the fact way... that there's nothing makes me think that they're trying to hide it. And the oh, way hide that whoops, the... sorry. Didn't, oh, didn't nice job! Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. made it funny and there's... didn't even realize he made it. Yeah, oh.
3: buddy, hide your kids, hide your wife. We got that in the drop too. I,
4: I actually did just I was rearranging things, and I don't have it as a drop right now, but oh, we can get it later. I like it.
3: All right, so um, what do we make of the uh, the Niners' backfield? Um, I look at their depth chart here. You know, it's Carlos Hyde, Reggie Bush. Ooh, James. The Hane Plane? Plane.
4: Jared Hane? Is no. he worth a speculative no, ad in deep leagues? No, he is not. Well, that's my question, too, is, like, what what do we do if Carlos Hyde goes down? Because, like, I don't think they're enamored with Mike Davis. No, I don't Bush, like Mike Davis at all. Reggie Bush has been injured. Hane Plane still is learning how to play football. Like... Marcus this is your team what what happens if if Hyde gets Well, you just shell?
2: I mean there, there's nothing
4: there's nothing of value fantasy
2: wise in this backfield I mean it's Carlos Hyde or it's nothing Reggie Bush isn't going to do enough to really get to provide you anything He's not? You know Jared Hayne with his uh, Hayne is really exciting to watch on punt returns he is still learning his way as a running back in the national football What league.
3: happens if Jared Plain gets 20 carries? Hain who's It was Jared Plain. Uh Jared Plain. The Jared Hain- Plain, you know. Hain-Plain. The Hain Plain. The uh,
2: Hain Plain. If he gets <laughs> 20 carries, he gets, you know, 35 yards. I mean, I think that's kind of what it is. I don't know that – you know. Th- there's just nothing there. If there's no Carlos Hyde, and-, and his value is barely staying afloat as it is. So right. if he's not the guy, there's just nobody
4: there to look I mean, look that's at. what's really concerning is this foot injury seems of the lingering nature. Oh, yeah. And the, oh, yeah. the 49ers offense has been – uh, bad of the lingering nature. So all right. So if
3: you have Carlos Hyde, what do you do?
4: Try and trade him. Maybe what can two you for get one for, man? Yeah, you're, pa- one. you're packaging him. I yeah. mean, nobody's taking him straight up. Put him with somebody else. How about
3: uh, I? I love this, but uh, I, I always throw Stefan Diggs' name out there.
4: Straight, straight up, hide straight for Diggs. away. I would if I had Hyde and somebody offered me digs, I would like leap through my. <laughs> I would totally to take digs over over. Carlos I was Hyde. Uh, I
1: was talking to Blair Walsh last night, the kicker for the Vikings, and uh, I talked to him about digs a little bit, and he said we all saw it in camp. The guy's got the biggest hands that he's ever seen. He's athletic, a uh, playmaker, and yeah, I remember no he, one. Remember no one he is surprised camp, that he's doing this. Uh, of this? course, we all are. Hey, Stephon Diggs out of nowhere, but. The players, uh, they, they they saw it coming. He's Cordero Patterson, but in a good way.
2: Oh, <laughs> don't put that <laughs> no, but it also on him. In, in a good way. Because <laughs> please all please the, finish there, your thought. Please. Yes, let, please let him go. Let him go. All the things that you saw the Vikings trying to do with Cordero Patterson at the I start of see. last year are the things they're doing with Stephon Diggs. He's just better at football. I mean, all the – you know. remember how breathless we were when North Turner's like, I've put in 10 new players already for Cordero Yay! Patterson. We got all fired up and it didn't work out. I would almost guarantee you that he has dusted off that playbook and has put Stephon Diggs in that role because they are, they're getting him the ball in umpteen different ways, but he can run routes, and
4: he can catch the football, and he can make all the plays Cordero Patterson so he, could. He crossed off Cordero Patterson's name with that tube of red lipstick. Basically. <laughs> and then put Stephon and Diggs just put in. put Stephon Diggs that. in. <laughs> yes. I mean, so
2: he is, he, is the, he is the receiver in Minnesota that we've been waiting
3: for. Uh, he was extremely productive at Maryland. Uh, it's why he was on my uh, deep sleeper list at the preseason. Um, I really liked what I saw from Diggs there. I
4: don't know how he fell into the fifth round. Maybe some character issues. I'm Well, not sure. He a lot of his production, like Harmon and I were talking about this too, because his junior tape was great. Senior tape wasn't as great, and that's what caused a lot of guys to fall like that. Ty Montgomery, too, um, from the Packers, I remember Mike Mayock saying had he been drafted only off of his junior tape probably would have been a first-round pick. Same uh. for Diggs. He probably would have – because Ty Montgomery fell to the third because he had a str- he struggled in his senior season. So I think that's why – and, you know, it's like there's an old adage in Hollywood that nobody knows anything. I think it's the same when it comes to the draft. Oh, yeah.
3: I mean, there's so many players, especially at that position. Right, there's so many players. I mean, you look at guys from Saginaw Valley State and yes. Appalachian State, and oh, you want to talk about the truthers? We got the Jeff yep. Janis guys out there. I mean, yeah, no, I mean it's true. There, there's guys everywhere, and Maryland was an absolute disaster. Um, Stephon Diggs' his senior year, so I, I get a little bit of that stink is going to carry on to him, but man, he was talented there. But uh, but yeah, no, he's um, he, he's a great player. Um, Hey, guys, just a
1: a quick uh, um, break here on that. Please. We just got an email. uh, Roger Goodell, commissioner, uh, was was on Mike and Mike this morning, and uh, they talked about daily fantasy with the commissioner. Oh, boy. Uh, Here's a quote. Whether it's gambling or not, it's a decision made by state authorities, attorney generals. They've made that determination. We have been very careful in this area. We do not allow our team nor the leagues to use our trademarks. We do not participate in any way from an equity standpoint, either the league or a club level which is different from many media companies and other leagues. We do understand our fans are interested in playing Daily Fantasy. We just want to protect our fans and make sure there's proper consumer protection in there for them, and we've encouraged that, and we think it's important that our fans have that protection. This is such a slippery slope for the NFL, and I know I'm completely going off the tracks here, but this is a fantasy podcast, and I think the uh, the status of Daily Fantasy right now is a huge Huge topic of conversation, especially when you have lawmakers trying to make it, uh, put it into that gambling, oh sure, sort of category. Uh, and, and there's already states in in, uh, in America where it's it's considered
2: illegal. Well, fantasy in general is illegal. Right,
1: right. So, um, it, I, I think the the
2: quotes the quotes I very would, interesting. I would like to to actually hear this thing like within i mean i know you read the whole thing and i'd like to hear it in context just just the first listen i i f- heard some things that i don't know uh
4: i don't know well it was there, there, <laughs> seemed, there seemed like a lot of classic corporate speak talking around right. the right so too. i'd
2: kind of like to go back and kind of unpack it a little bit more there are some things mm-hmm. in there that i i'm not so certainly totally something
1: that uh on. you'll you'll see online uh all over the place this morning so some interesting stuff because uh you know as someone who's been in the industry for 16 years this this could end up this could end up being something that uh really makes an impact negatively on uh, on the fantasy <sighs> industry because right now daily fantasy is uh, is hot it's on fire i mean we're all sick of all the commercials um but people are are really into it. Not I don't that know. I don't know if ever going to go away, but it's picking up so much steam in the last year or so.
3: I don't know of these commercials you speak of.
4: No, okay. no. Promo code chop block. <laughs> <laughs> you don't watch much TV, do you, Go? <laughs> so he's got a baby. He's got a baby, man. I,
1: at some point, yeah. in some point, all of the uh, all of the leaders of the major sports leagues are going to. Have to come out and, and make a statement and, and uh, take a stand. Yeah, it, this seems I'm like daily it's, it's a long
4: it's a long way from over right now, though. Sadly, so yep. buckle up for some litigation, guys, because Gate's back too. Yeah, oh, hey, yeah. Right.
1: that's all that, that's all fine and, and dandy, but uh, oh boy! Hey, you know what, guys? Uh, fantasy has become a part of uh, the daily fabric of our country uh, in terms of us as sports fans and. There's going to be some interesting. Uh, there's going to be some interesting scenarios. Let's put it that way. Over the next few months and, and potentially years, when it comes to daily fantasy and uh, and whether or not it is or should be legalized or not, or well, it's already legalized, but whether or not uh, lawmakers are going to try to make it illegal.
3: All right, let's continue with the top headlines, shall we? That was pretty good. That was, good. That was uh, nice breaking news. Breaking right? news. Look at I us like just it. breaking news. On oh on the podcast. podcast, it's good. Uh, top headlines. Uh, let's continue on. How about Big Ben? Uh, Dez? Question marks as to whether or not they're going to return uh, this upcoming week. Big Ben looks like he's on track. Looks like he's ready. He, he will be ready to go. Um, a lot of reports saying he's going to be good to go, and that means, I mean, just great things for Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, that entire offense, which has really struggled uh, under the helm. Uh, of both uh, Mike Vick and Landry Jones. But no, Big Ben's going to be coming back. I don't know. What, what do we make of Des Bryant coming back, though? Start I, him?
4: Put him in your lineup? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, but is he coming back? Well, I love that he wasn't allowed to fly with the team because he was, like, wasn't like was going to be on the active roster for their last game. So Des goes and buys his own flight to New York yeah, and buddy. warms up with the team anyways. Yeah, I like See, it. now this is the difference. Like, Gamer. Des Bryant
2: flies commercial, and like in this situation, it is really an act of, like, team first like I want to be here
4: Ryan Mallet flies commercial it's like what are you <laughs> doing bro
2: <laughs> didn't I read something where
1: Bill O'Brien wanted to cut him
4: I think uh John McClain tweeted last night that uh they might be like reassessing their stance with Ryan Mallet he's kind, of a,
1: he's kind of a knucklehead
4: but yeah if Dez comes back start him, if Big Ben comes back start him. you know what was the great sign is while well, the offense did struggle and Landry Jones was not great last week Both Brown and Bryant put up over double-digit points. That's true. I think like 12, like what, 13 and 11-ish for those guys. So, oh boy, when Big Ben comes back, this offense is just ready to shoot out of the gate like a rocket. And, I mean,
1: they're playing Cincinnati. They got to be fired up. They got to win this game because Cincinnati is is, uh, the class of that division. They may be the class of the AFC uh, behind New England,
4: of course. So, Pittsburgh's, they got a lot riding on this week. A lot riding on. Hopefully, this Big Ben comes back. But if he does, fire him up. It's not the greatest matchup, but get him in. Um.
3: All right. So I, I guess I'm trying to figure out how I'm. I'm like scouring the the news wires, trying to figure out if Dez is actually coming back this week. I've I've invested heavily into Dez. I mean, Bryant. he
2: was what doubtful this past week. I would like to think he is at least questionable heading into this week, which you know gives him a pretty good chance to play.
3: By the way, how funny is it that uh, Dez Bryant and Deshaun Jackson are going to miss exactly the same amount of time? That's pretty funny. That's pretty bad. That's that's not good. Uh, but we move on. How about um, well, a very quick note out of Indianapolis. Philip Dorsett fractured his ankle. Uh, not that he was a fantasy-relevant player anyways, but he's out six-ish. It was an ugly play,
4: Six. too.
2: He kind of oh, got bent yeah, backwards. backwards and, uh, yeah, it was,
3: yeah, it was just an ugly play. All right,
4: let's move on. Let's talk about waiver-wire targets. Wait, wait, wait we got We got a couple, like, running back things to talk about up here. At least the Eagles running backs, because I thought that was very interesting how the split went down on Sunday night again with – DeMarco getting the vast majority of the touches, but Ryan Matthews being the better back. Being the better back. Much so better like, fit. And then what was interesting was when Chip got asked about it after the game, he threw the running back's coach under the bus. Nice. And they asked him about this, the running back touches, but He's like, ah, Deuce handles a split. Nice. Good one. So then later, and la- this is what's what's interesting about it all too, because later then it came out where Chip was like, yeah, well, Deuce said Ryan had a, a groin thing or like a hamstring thing that he tweaked on one of his runs. So then we were like keeping him out just to be safe on that. But after he allegedly had his groin injury was when Matthews ripped off that sixty some yard touchdown run.
3: Um, okay. That's interesting.
4: Um, I do gotta say though, DeMarco Murray has looked a heck of a lot better. Looks he's looked better.
3: He's looked I I, I've I've liked the way that he's run. Um I guess recently. I mean, you know, eighteen carries for sixty five yards against a very good Carolina defense. It's not bad, and his no. two previous games. He had eighteen fantasy
4: points. There you go. So, well, that's 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 more my question then. If you are a Murray owner, mm-hmm. are you worried though about about this split about more this going production. forward? And yeah. if you're right. Ryan Matthews owner, are you getting giddy waiting for him to emerge? See, but we
1: track? saw this earlier in the year, and then they went right back to using Murray.
4: So,
3: well, you know. I mean, keep in mind. I mean, yeah, Murray got, or excuse me, uh, Ryan Matthews did get more work. But uh, but Demarco still got eighteen carries.
4: Right, I, I know, I know, I'm, I'm I'm asking the question. But The point is, yeah, does does, does this split continue this way if Ryan Matthews continues to look like the better Ryan, Ryan Matthews has like thirty less touches and the same amount of fantasy points Ugh, yeah. as Demarco Murray. I mean, the Eagles are three and four.
2: And I know that right now in the NFC East, that's good enough to kind of keep you in things. But sure is something's got to change, right? This offense has not been what everybody thought it was going to be. They show flashes for a drive or two, but they, they are not putting it together for four quarters. And you do wonder eventually does
3: something change?
2: Because they're
4: the they're but heading Marcus th-
3: even even back to his Oregon days though. I mean, you saw it close uh, up close and personal, man. It's like. Chip Kelly loves to run the rock. Like it's a, well, it's a run-based offense. It's a run-based offense. Everyone thinks it's this high-flying passing attack. It's not. I mean, they make big plays out of the passing game based predicated on the run. Yes. Um. And, and I think there's room in the offense for two backs to thrive. So I think moving forward, is Ryan Matthews an interesting flex play? Absolutely. If you're in a 12-team league and you've got Ryan Matthews and you're hitting the bye-week blues – you know Ryan Matthews is at least a high upside flex play. I think I think for sure in a 12 team if not you know a 10 team league ugh, that's that gets a little dicey. But I mean I think DeMarco Murray w- will continue to learn this off and, and and that's one of the biggest things that was impressed upon me uh talking to some former players in the building. DeMarco had to learn the offense. And once he did, he's starting to look a lot more comfortable. He's running much more north-south, and I think they're running more plays for him to be
4: more north-south as Exactly. Well. That's what it is. It's because so much of the offense runs on those stretch plays out of the shotgun. And DeMarco, great great running back. He's great going, when he gets between the tackles. He does not have the speed or lateral agility oh. to run those stretch plays, which are a lot of the offense. So that's that's more why I'm – and I've written about it a couple of weeks now. I've advocated for people to try and trade for Ryan Matthews because – I have to think at some point, especially if the divisions, if it's coming down to the division on the line and that thing. They're going to go with the more productive player, and that's Ryan Matthews. But I, but like I said,
3: I, I just wonder given Chip Kelly's offense because he likes to run it so often. Yeah, but bo- I do wonder if both, both, both guys
4: get, can be. Both will get touches, but right now that that equity split is like a 75 25 or like, you know, a 66 33 thing in Got favor it. of Murray. And you're
3: saying if it's more 50
4: 50. If that drops down to more 50 50, that's going to hurt Murray because oh, he, sure. ne- he needs that volume, he needs whereas, touches, whereas yeah. Matthews can be even that much more successful.
3: All right. There you go. Something to keep an eye on, no doubt about it. Um, and all the Darren Sproles guys are like, what about poor Darren Sproles? <laughs> poor Darren Sproles. Yeah. <laughs> Caught him. Hey, man, he's a great role player uh, for, great in role real player. NFL. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Two guys that I did want to note very, very quickly. Jonathan Stewart is starting to look a heck of a lot better. I think he's getting healthy. Um, And holy Cal Lamar
4: Miller. I need to get that Gus Johnson on fire drop just all, all the time. So I can all the time, just for... Hammer I mean, it there for Lamar holy Miller. Holy
3: cow, Lamar... What do you have, 236? 236, uh, 236 In total. the first half. 236 scrimmage yards. In
4: the first it,
3: half.
1: And, and what's amazing is it's that... Insane. His first four weeks, eight and a half points, 9.2, 9.5, 4.6, and everyone's ready to jump off the train. Uh, comes back, Dan Campbell, Metallica blaring, screaming, Oklahoma drill running, 19.8, 38.6. So basically... In his last game against Houston, he scored more points than he had in the first four weeks combined.
4: All it took was to give him the bleeping <laughs> ball. Give him the dang Sometimes ball. Sometimes it's so simple that... <laughs> run the dang ball. It, it Like, seriously, if you look at that, he never had more than 15 touches, and I think his most carries were, like, thir- yeah, 11 or 13, 13 in those first couple 13 games. 13 in week one. Look what happens when you give your good players the ball. It's the same thing with Jonathan Stewart, which is interesting. I was just looking at this yesterday. He, over the first, like, four weeks, only owned, like... 60% of the backfield touches, like Mike Tolbert was getting more work and yeah. uh, Fozzie Whitaker and Cameron Artis-Payne. The last couple of weeks, that's jumped up to like 88% of the backfield touches. Well,
3: you know what's happened there in Carolina, too, is that Fozzie, they've they've basically said no, no more Fozzie Whitaker. No Fozzie. Uh, no more uh, Cameron Artis-Payne. And they're going exclusively with J. Stu and, and Mike Tolbert, and, and both guys have a role in that offense. Especially, it's almost like a tri- it almost it feels almost like a triple option team. It really does. They should just run the triple option.
4: Kind right? of, they kind of should. They
3: should. It would really <laughs> <That'd> be fun. <laughs> that would be fun, though. I mean, really, seeing big old Mike Tolbert just run out there, you don't know what's going on. I mean, here's your you. Yeah, you're a you're a
2: you're a corner, and you got to make the decision between going after Cam Newton or Mike Tolbert. Come on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Business decisions all day. Business decisions, baby. No, I actually. It, 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 speaking of Mike Tolbert, remember when he was dashing into that end zone and uh, he, he took that one big hit? And uh, I think it was Brian Maxwell who who completely whiffed. How do you completely <laughs> whiff on Mike Tolbert? Because you're like, you know what? <laughs> I don't want to tackle this because he's got blazing
4: speed. Oh, <laughs> boy.
3: oh boy. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, props to them, man, because they have been. Uh, they've both been playing very well. Obviously, Lamar Miller is looking like the. Real deal. Mm. Um, And if you're a Lamar Miller owner, you're just – I mean, you are just – Hopefully you kept the faith. Hopefully you kept the faith. But I will throw in this this caveat. Um, All right.
2: The last two weeks have been the, you know, Titans and Texans. Good point. Uh, This week is the Patriots, so it will be interesting to see whether this new attitude with, you know, Dan PC Principal Campbell continues. (laughs) Um, I mean, I hope so. I hope they continue to give him the ball and give him opportunities because that that certainly increases his chances. But I do want to see – what this team does against a really stout run. Team. So they
3: take on the NFC East. You look at the schedule going ahead for Lamar Miller, you're just, I mean, you're you're licking your chops, man. Uh, New England, at New England, at Buffalo, uh, two games that could be, I, you know, I, 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 would, I wouldn't would say necessarily say temper your expectations, but I mean. Those are fine matchups. I think they're fine. Uh, I mean, is he going to run roughshod? Probably not, but uh, he, he, I think he'll still produce there. But then after that, though, Philadelphia, Dallas, he's got the Jets mixed in, which is, eh, Not great. But Baltimore, Giants, and San Diego. That's good. That's really good. good. Championship week, he takes on Indianapolis. I like that. Oh, boy. (laughs) I like this kind of party. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's pretty good, man. Um, If you're a Lamar Miller owner, this guy's got a real chance uh, to finish in the top five, if not higher. Uh, Man, yeah, he could be be the real deal. All right, let's talk about some waiver wire targets, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, We talked about Alfred Blue, Jordan Reed. Uh, comes back from injury, and all of a sudden he's—I uh, mean, him and Kirk Cousins have always had a little bit of a bromance. Of a but he looked great. He, he's such a good player. The problem has always been health.
1: Health. If he can ever stay healthy, he's a number one tight end. I said that in the preseason because he wasn't even being drafted. I said, listen, if he stays healthy, the guy's good. Uh he's kind of not stayed healthy. He's back now though. So, sure. but yeah, he's pick owned, him
2: back he's up. Owned and. In- Less than fifty percent of fifteen. I excuse 15? me, percent of to Yeah, I'll
4: say one five. One 5 Like, go get him. He's go probably him. available. I mean, look.
2: I, what I said a couple of weeks ago when he was playing and playing well is that. You can't predict injuries, so as long as he's healthy, as long as he's there, have right. him, plug him in your line. Same lineup. thing with
1: McFadden, right? right? I mean, mm-hmm. moving forward.
2: As long as these guys are there, then, you know, utilize them. You, you can't predict when bad things are going to happen, so it, it's hard to, you know, stay away from a guy based on what might be. Keep in mind, Washington does have a
1: bye this week, so if you need a tight end for this week, he's not going to help you. Mm-hmm. But if you can just pick him up and stash
3: him, please do it. Right, yeah, go, go for it. I do – I feel like there's all these – High upside, lower end tight ends that are available right now. Ladarius Green is out there. Eric Ebron, who's on this list, is out there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what did he have? 80 yards and a touch. Uh, yeah. That's so like exactly what he had. Yeah, yeah. So, he had a
1: good game, and he and he scored three touchdowns already, I believe, this year. So he is certainly someone who needs to be on waiver wire, off of waiver wires, and onto rosters, especially a tight end. I agree. You know, especially a tight end. I it's agree. not like there's a whole lot out there. I don't,
3: I don't mind rolling out Eric Ebron. No, I mean, no not, tremendous at, the, not at this point. A no. tremendous athlete. Golden Tate has fallen to the wayside, man. Um, and and maybe rightfully so. I mean, if you're Matt Stafford, it's got to be pretty fun throwing out there to 6'6 six, six, uh, Eric Ebron. Why not? And they Calvin just, Johnson. They, they just
1: fired Lombardi uh they're OC so maybe we see some
4: some That's yeah that's that going to be offense inter- that's going to be interesting to see how that offense changes if at all whether they just go back to Matt Stafford's like sling it Slinging at days, or if uh, you know the Jim Bob Cooter comes in with some sort of different system. That's not his name. That is his actual yeah, is name. Actual, That's well, not
2: his name. Actually, you, it's, it's what James Robert Cooter, I believe. Cooter, That's, like the like from Judge uh, like the
1: Hazard. Yep. Nice, Deuce.
4: Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter, arguably, That's not his name. arguably the best name in the world. <laughs> that, 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 that might be the best name going. <laughs> he like he a lot of people didn't even know he existed, but he made waves on the internet a couple years ago because he was like a quality control coach for the Broncos, and they cut away to him. They like showed him because he was one of Peyton Manning's boys, and then it was just they did one of those like lower thirds. It was like quality control, Jim Bob Cooter, and the internet was like, "What? This yeah. is a real person. This is a real thing." Oh hey, my Jim god! Bob. So it was good to see him come back. Congratulations, oh. Jim Bob. Hopefully, I you like do well it. with it.
3: Uh, Charkandrick West had a nice bounce back game. He uh, in his debut looked terrible. A but,
4: lot of people cut ties yeah, with him after man. that too. Uh, it was, so, was
3: really funny. One week he was the most added. added. The next week most he was dropped. the most dropped. Which I don't understand. It's this short term,
2: I want it now, instant exactly. gratification exactly. fantasy society that we live in, James. Mm-hmm. Hey,
3: I like it. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, because if you dropped him, I mean, I'd. Be more than happy to pick him up. But no, Kantrick uh, right. West, uh, I-, I thought looked okay.
4: He looked pretty good, and he had a Jamal Charles like split of all the touches in that backfield. Yeah. He had like 88% of the touches in That's the backfield That's right. Or well,
1: Andy Reid did sing his praises even after that game where he didn't do much.
4: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: So, and, you know, maybe it's coach speak because Reid doesn't really have much of anything else in that backfield uh, or in that offense. Uh, but he could he goodness, 50, Jeremy 50, Macklin.
3: But he could have gone 50 50 with Niall Davis,
1: no, and he chose but, not to. So, Dude, Nile Davis, I don't know what happened between last was, year and right
3: good. now,
4: but, I mean, forget about Nile Davis. It's the same Nile the Davis. They just have a better back to go to. Yeah,
3: right. moving forward, I, don't, I mean, if you if Charkandrick is out there, if the Charmander's out there.
4: Go get him. Go he's, get he's go a, get Charizard. a low-end RB2 just based on pure volume right I now, and that. because that Kansas City offense always funnels through the running back.
3: I agree with that 100%. Okay, you put David Cobb on there. We talked Did. about him. And Go we, pick up David Cobb.
4: We mentioned James Starks briefly. We still don't know. If Eddie Lacey's going to come back, is it going to be a 50 50 split? Is it going to be 75 25 James Starks? But the fact that he is in the Packers' offense means he needs to be on a roster because whatever back (sighs) emerges.
1: This is the same uh, time frame last year where Lacey started
4: to pick it up. Oh, it is what exactly. Everything is like falling into the exact same place. I
1: mean, you are playing Denver this week. I know they're not as great against the run. It's not like the best matchup in the world. Wouldn't
4: though. it? Wouldn't this just be the kind of stupid thing in fantasy football where Eddie Lacy goes out and rips yeah. off like a buck 40 and two sure. touchdowns against Denver? <laughs> of course. Because we're, like, we're all like, don't start him. Like, wait and league. see how it goes. <laughs> and then he, dro- he drops a 30-burger in fantasy on Denver, and we're like, well, we don't know anything.
1: Because the fantasy gods occasionally <laughs> like to remind us that we're just a bunch of peons making, right. uh, making guesses, and uh, they can come down and swing
3: the hammer on us at any time.
4: But yeah, get get James Starks, David Cobb, scoop him up early if you want. You can maybe wait till next week. Because uh, I mean, quite
3: win. frankly, the waiver wire for running backs right now. It's 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 a dark place. Oh my it's gosh. A dark. I, was... I feel so bad for you because you write this you write the uh the deep, the, dive, the, the deep dive. So NFL.com slash deep dive uh, for deep waiver wire targets for those of you in larger leagues. Yep. And and I see you. We have cubicles right next to each other. I see you. It's not good. Just like Hands up in the air, like what am I supposed to well, write about? I,
4: the best part was yesterday. After <laughs> when we finish an article here, we send it out to the team and somebody else back reads it, that, you know, copy edits it. And Harmon pulled up the article and goes, "Gelhar, why the hell am I reading about Zach Stacy?" Right? <laughs> and I was like, "Because it's a dark place, man." <laughs>
3: um, yeah, man, it's uh, yeah, it's crazy out there in the fantasy.
4: So that's history. why if guys like Turk West West, James Starks are out there who have a easier or, or Darren McFadden, he's owned in a lot of leagues still, but. Go scoop him up. Th- scoop there him are up?
1: leagues that I'm in, and I'm in some pretty competitive leagues where he's available. Oh yeah, I know it goes, bo- it goes it goes both so ways. So but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I-, I see McFadden available a lot more than I'm seeing Hillman available. I haven't seen Hillman available. Uh very much at all. I'm in a 14-team league
3: yes. for some reason, and Darren McFadden's on the waiver wire. I don't know why. Go get him. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not going to, but I. I, 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 <laughs> I, I would believed that, in him. No, your, no, 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 no. I, I love. I would love to get him. I would love to get him. Oh, unfortunately, you're oh, you're, unfortunately. Not you're not. I don't have the, to get him. Right, him not, ah, right, gotcha. Exactly. I don't have. I priority. <laughs> Actually, it's a fab budget. Right. I blew my fab budget money already. Um, because that, that
4: sounded like a that sounded like a dismissive. <sighs> I'm not going to pick up. I'm not No, 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 no. I love Darren McFadden. Come on. I mean, in the preseason, I'm, I've been harping on this he guy's praises. Boy. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right.
3: But uh, I, I did want to ask you, Michael Floyd. I, I'm not high on Michael Floyd. Um, I just think the targets are going to be too sporadic. But I know the Fantasy Fortress has been
4: pretty high on Michael Floyd. Well, we've been – we Reluctantly, I mean. Reluctantly, but he's he's coming back and looking pretty good. Like, I mean, this is a guy who a lot of people were high on last year before yeah. he I was like, struggled with drops and things right. like that. Right. But he's come back and look a lot better, and he's – uh, he's just getting he's getting the snaps and like you said, targets might be hard to hard to come by. Yeah. But that Arizona passing offense is prolific right now. So in the right matchup, I think he needs to be rostered in a lot more leagues. He can definitely be a wide receiver three or flex if it's a game that's going to be high scoring or they're playing a bad passing off. Or oh, passing you're right. Defense. In,
3: in a twelve-team league where you're, it's a three-wide receiver league. Uh, you'd love to have him in there. Exactly. Because he's he's got interesting upside. There's no doubt. Because
4: whereas, it. like a d- farther down on the waiver wire list, Marvin Jones is there. He's got a good matchup this week. Yeah. But that's an offense more so where I'm worried about targets because True. of how they game plan and the number of weapons they have there.
3: The one reason I like Marvin Jones more than Michael Floyd, he went though. To Cal. W- uh, well, I mean. Clearly. <laughs> uh, clearly, go Bears. But no, uh, is because he's their uh, deep shot guy. right? So like they utilize A.J. Green everywhere on the field, come back, slant, everywhere. They use him everywhere. But Marvin Jones is really their big play dude, right? And, and you look at Michael Floyd, and he's working that intermediate part of, of the field because John Brown is their deep shot guy. So uh, I know Floyd got that touchdown, but again, it was more of an intermediate um, type route. So I don't know. I, I guess that's the one reason I, I kind of cap Michael Floyd's value because he just works that part of the field that it's kind of hard to throw to, quite honestly.
4: He does. He does go deeper more than Larry Fitzgerald too, though. He was wow. their he was their main deep guy last year before right. John Brown broke out. But right. so he he does have the whole route tree available to him, but. Yeah, John Brown is the main home he's run the main guy. I
2: mean, you know, Michael Floyd went from a couple years ago. We figured he was going to take over as the number one guy. Right. And now he's the, he's the third guy. I know. He's the third guy in that offense.
4: All right, Um, how
3: about Devontae Adams? I love this pickup. I saw him getting scooped up in a lot of leagues, and I, I think that's very smart.
4: Well, if, he, if his owner got frustrated or dropped him because of bye week issues or anything, go pick him up because that Packers offense has, I mean, it's weird to say that the Packers' offense has struggled when they've still been winning games and putting up, you know, like 28 points. But it's not the same Packers' offense we're used to. And nope. part of the reason is because they're lacking a dynamic threat on the outside because James Jones was injured, Randall Cobb was injured, Ty Montgomery was injured, and Devontae Adams was injured. Yeah. so he's I mean, had- quite
3: frankly, Aaron Rodgers' production has been so-so at best. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not, it's not Eddie Lacy levels of uh, frustration, but if you spent a, you know, low – First, high second-round pick on Aaron Rodgers. You are not getting a good return on yeah. your investment. He, he scored 19-plus fantasy points in four or six
1: games. What's wrong with that?
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with no, that. No, but it's like James is right. Like you you yeah, got Rodgers had, had hoping for like 25.
1: 22, 34. He had 16 against the Niners, uh, but like, 15 against St. Louis, and 19 Yeah, St. so St. what
4: Diego. we're saying is his last his last three where he's had all of his wide receivers that have been injured is where the trouble has been coming. But right. when— when Devon, everybody was hot so high on this Devontae Adams breakout um, in Week One, Rogers spread it around a ton. Devontae Adams played the most snaps, had the most targets, and had the most yards. He just didn't get into the end zone. Right. So when he if he comes back and there are no ill effects from his ankle, he's going to be a like on the wide receiver two to three range.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm not really worried about Devontae Adams. I think it's just a matter of him getting healthy now. You know, it it is kind of muddled there. I mean, Randall Cobb is certainly still there. You got Adams back. Ty Montgomery's played, you know, a, a role when when he's healthy. And on yeah, the field. he's injured now. I, I, yeah. Um, you know, so hopefully, as long as there aren't too many guys out there, sure, Devontae Adams, I I, I still like. His I will talent. tell you
1: this, guys, though, because uh, we we've got uh, our research team, which is kicking ass and taking names. Uh, I, I I requested them to give me the numbers of number one wide receivers against every defense slot receivers against every defense. Uh, The the stats are very interesting. And I will say that uh, this is a bad week to play Randall Cobb, although you probably have to. Denver's defense against number one wide receivers is ridiculous. Akeem Tlaib has really Uh done a great job. Their defense against all receivers. So I, I don't know that you have enough depth. It's kind of the same situation as with Edelman. Um, although Edelman's been much better than Cobb, but he is still a guy you drafted to start every single week. It's not a good matchup. It's not a good matchup at all. Same thing goes with Amari Cooper too. uh, start him will be up, uh, hopefully tomorrow morning. So check that out. But, uh, the stats do not favor Randall Cobb this week at
3: all. Gosh, I almost, speaking of Amari Cooper, I, I mean, are we at the point where Amari Cooper, I don't want to say he's matchup proof playing Darrell Rivas, dude. But I mean, the way he played. We also uh, said
2: that last week
1: when he was playing. Jason, Jason Darrell is not Jason Verrett. Come on, I mean, th- there's a big difference
2: there. I agree. I don't know about this year though. There's I mean, J- have you difference. seen Jason Verrett this year? I, I mean, look, look, take the I, names I mean, off the back of the jerseys. Take the names off the back of the jerseys. They are playing equally good football
4: right now. Yeah, he, he, is he, Jason Revis, Verrett though. held Antonio Brown, Calvin Johnson, and I think AJ Green to a combined like 129 they yards. They are playing touchdown. equally good football. Don't don't just was, look it, was at Was that name? with Mike Vick? I mean, he he shut down those receivers. Was that with Mike Vick? It's a trend. Was that with Mike Vick? It was okay. with, yeah, but it was with Andy Dalton and Matthew okay. Stafford though too. Though. Okay, okay. But so,
1: I mean, I'd be more. No, I'm not saying. I don't remember been, which. I
4: don't remember which game it was. I'm not that he sure it hasn't in, been
1: so. that he hasn't been fantastic because I actually had Amari Cooper as a sit last week and it didn't work so <laughs> good. Like but uh, I agree with you. But Darrell Revis is on a different level, uh, to me at least. I mean, name me one wide receiver that's done anything against him. Uh, this Pierre, year, Pierre Garcon caught a touchdown you know. against him. Uh well, I mean, the, <laughs> w- was it was it one on one where he it was, was, on, it it was, was so one on one at the he goal just, line? So, so Pierre Garcon had, and did he have like I think the point, served up a roast burger. Regardless, of I think he had nine points in that game with the touchdown.
3: All right, we're gonna have to let's get back on track. Uh, yeah, let's get back on track. Uh, the <laughs> I think the point is though that the Jets defense overall is just I mean they are just crushing fools out there. So yeah, no, it's a it's a terrible matchup. I just you know, oh, no. Man. Listen, I have the Cooper, talent level, for and I'm Cooper. playing him, so high. but I don't like the matchup. Yeah, I got you. You know, I got you. Yeah. All right. Uh, Stevie Johnson has been dealing with some ailments, but uh, he's. I think he's starting to get right. Uh, I think it's it's that time. To go pick up Stevie Johnson, especially if you're in a PPR league or a deeper league with maybe like th- a three-wide receiver set. It's time to pick
2: up Stevie Johnson because Phillip Rivers is slinging the ball all over the lot on a people's basis. I think I, I just looked it up. He is averaging 57 attempts over the last three weeks.
3: That's insane.
2: He's got what well, he had, 65 last week. Is Mike Leach the old quarterback? 58, 58 the other day. It's yeah. crazy. It's insane right now. Mike Le- Because they can't run the football. They cannot run the football. It's to the point Brandon Oliver was getting – significant snaps. I mean Melvin Gordon was active and, and on the sideline. He actually played a little bit in the second half. Brandon Oliver was seeing a lot of snaps early in
4: that ball game. Yeah, he sure was. Um Cumbie. I say Cumbie, Cumbie. Cumbie. This is Jeff Cumberland. If you are desperate for <laughs> this is, this a is tight the, This end is the Raider streamer. play, isn't it? This is yeah. the Raider <laughs> this play. This is of the, the Raider
2: movie. play. Yeah, buddy. Cumbie.
4: Cumbie. I just put him on. He, yeah. had, he only had three targets last week. One of them was in the red, <laughs> one of them was in the red zone. Though. I'm not I'm not doing it. No, hey,
2: I can't do it. You I can't said, do it this
4: week? If you're
2: desperate. <laughs> I can't do it this week. If you're desperate. Yeah,
1: that's like desperate to the point where you're taking your cousin to the prom. <laughs> oh, man.
4: Cumbie. If 14-team league. No, no tight ends are free. All right. Look, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, dude. I'll tell you what. I'm, I am I will throw Cumbie into how about, the I was going to
3: say, how would you danger zone I'm, Cumbie? I'm danger zoning Cumbie. Put him in danger zone university. See what happens. I think I got I to check on Carlos Hyde a little bit. I got to do a little bit more research. But I think I might throw the Hane plane in.
4: Oh wow, that's super. Dangerous. Wow. Yes, yes, I'm going super. All dangerous. right, we should probably dap it yeah, and get out, get out of here yeah, shortly. Yeah, that's fine.
2: Extra, extra, me about it. This is the day.
3: The danger zone has been on fire. Yeah,
4: you and on Adam Rank, man. Fire
3: on fire. Chris Conley played well.
4: Kyrie Robinson. Two touchdowns. I like this week was the big test because both of you kind of just were like, eh, whatever, <laughs> we'll do this guy, and they crushed it. <laughs> so
3: stupid. Danger zone. I love it. All right, let's do daily daps. Uh, Fabs, what you got for me, pal?
1: Well, see, I, I was going to dap the writers from The Walking Dead, but you I still can't. Just don't yeah. so, do anything. So I will I will say that um, what yesterday I hadn't gotten a chance to watch uh, the show, and Alex came over, and he was like,
4: well, because Claybon and I Dude. talked about it a little bit, uh, and I hadn't
1: seen it, and so after having good episode, after having four hours of sleep for you know the the basically Sunday through Monday, I was exhausted. I said, I still got to watch it. Okay, um, one of the best episodes that we've seen in a while. It's a great episode, and I, and it wasn't just about one character; it was about several characters. The way that it ended, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it was fantastic. Uh, very, um, I, I think a lot of people know out there clearly that in Game of Thrones, they're not afraid to make oh, shocking. You are not you're you're getting dangerous close. They're, not, they're, afraid not, they're afraid not afraid. They're not liquidate afraid to liquidate characters. I, I I didn't say that. I didn't. You say are that. getting but they dangerously are, close. Well, I, I was not going to be as close as that. Uh, but they are. I not don't afraid watch the show, so I have
2: no idea. What's going on.
1: To make shocking decisions, so. If you haven't seen it, you will certainly be pleasantly surprised. I should have gone to you last.
3: I uh, should have gone to you last. I will tell you, they
1: they set this up the next episode, which is 90 minutes,
3: is going to be I, I should The reason I should have gone to you
1: last— You got nothing. You got because nothing. You have nothing. No. I didn't say
3: anything. No. I. I, I the reason I, I should have gone nothing. to you— Because people who watch the show, and there's a great cross-section of people— oh, Might have just watched, been like, ah, Nope, nope, stop, nope, stop, nope. Stop. I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Yeah, but he didn't say <laughs> anything, nothing. so we're good. <laughs> I
1: didn't
3: say anything. <laughs> it was spoiler-free.
1: And uh, and by the way, I'll also adapt the New York Mets for my good pal Jason Smith. Uh, playing in the World Series, and um, I'm jealous as a Yankees fan because— Boy, I haven't had any fun in the postseason in uh, in a few years. But uh, adapt to the Mets, adapt to the Royals as well.
2: Uh, hopefully, the series is uh, is a good one. Marcus Grant. Uh, well, one the kind of piggyback off this uh, the World Series thing because it does start on Tuesday night here. Baseball uh, still happening. It is still happening. But you know, what? I've, I, an interesting factoid that I learned is that the Royals and Mets is the first matchup, World Series matchup between two teams that were never segregated. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Because that they both came cool. along by the by the time both these teams started playing, uh, you know, every team had been integrated in Major League Baseball. But my real daily dap. Okay. It's the Golden State Warriors, man. The it's dubs. Also, it's also opening night in the NBA and I'm that I'm the dubs I'm because something that I never thought would happen in my lifetime, the Warriors are opening an NBA season as champs, as defending champions. It's still for all of us who grew up in the Bay Area as Warrior fans, everybody about my age. I mean, look, the Warriors hadn't won a championship in my lifetime. Uh, so And they uh, won it
3: in in a way with Steph Curry just balling, man. Yeah. So it was fun. I got it was my, fun. It got was my fun. Steph
2: Curry championship bobblehead on my desk. There you go. And uh, you know what? I'm actually looking forward to the NBA season for no once. No dubs.
3: There you go. No dubs. I like it. Um, all right. I'll, I'll get you one. How about uh, Eric Thomas? He's a motivational speaker. He's uh, E.T. the hip-hop preacher, I think is his uh, – is his handle, but man. Do you want me to go to the... the... Would you? That would be great. Let's, right. let's play let's... a little snippet of what this guy brings to the table.
2: It was my dream. It was my goal. I don't expect you to do... I don't expect you to believe in my dream like I believe in my dream. And the problem with some of y'all is you want somebody else to support your
0: dream. It's yours. I don't owe you a dime. It's your dream. If you want it to happen, get your butt up and make it happen. If you want it to happen, rise and grind.
3: Rise and grind. If that doesn't get you motivated, man, you got you got to go check something out, man. That I was watching that. I'm like, dude, I got a bump shoulder. I'm ready to lift. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. I I'm, I'm
2: ready. I, I was. I, I'm, no, I'm glad this went. This way. I, I thought this was gonna be like a Matt Foley. You know, no.
4: I live in a van down by. the As I had to bootleg that to the audio board, I like hooked uh, it up into my laptop real quick. I was watching it. The guy does jet like. Jack you up. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's funny because he's wearing a hoodie and he's got like a hat and stuff, but he's like fist pumping and he's hitting your grill and it's like and my your grill through the video and I yeah. was like, oh, all right, all right, <laughs> all right, let's let's go do this
3: thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you want to go find it, it's E.T. Uh, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. On YouTube. On YouTube. He's got a bunch of stuff, and uh, and yeah, I would the, that particular clip was uh, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. It's Eric Thomas. It's your dream, Eric Thomas. It's your dream. If you want to find it on YouTube, but anyways, it's if, you need, great. if you need to
4: get inspired to go to school or go to work or with, hit the gym or, or hit the gym, man,
3: just get after it, E.T. Thank you, my man,
4: for that, that was good. I love it. All right, all right. I got I got my quick quick dap, and then we can get out of here. Um, I want a daily dap. The show Nathan For You, which came back a couple weeks ago on Comedy Central. Okay. If you have not watched it yet, go do it. It's on, I think it's on Hulu and ComedyCentral.com. The show just started its third season. It is, I think, the funniest show on television right Wow. Now. Bold call. It, well, at least for me, and like when I show, introduced it to Harmon the other day, and he was like crying, laughing so hard. Because what it is, is there's this, this like stand-up comedian who is just sublime at awkward interpersonal interactions And he poses on his show as a business expert. And then he goes to struggling businesses and comes up with like crazy ideas for how they can attract more customers. And then they execute those on the show and film it. And it's just hilarious. So like, for instance, he went to a souvenir shop on Hollywood Boulevard and told the guy that in order to attract more customers, because this guy was way off the strip he had to pretend like there was a Hollywood movie being filmed there, so people would come in. And then part of the was he was like, who wants to be in the movie? So he would send them in, and he was the director. He's like, all right, what you have to do is buy a souvenir. That's your role in the movie. (laughs) But then he found out that that could have been fraud, so then he had to actually make the movie like a real movie. So then he had to create a fake film festival. Well, it was like a film festival that he then won and got an award, so it was like a real movie, and they couldn't get fraudulent charges. And on the most recent episode, he wanted to find a way so... Uh, overweight people could horseback ride because there's, like, weight limits. So rigged up a thing where they could have gigantic helium balloons attached to them so they could go and ride on horseback. It is... The show is insane and it's hilarious and it's really cool and it's also like kind of actually insightful you know interesting
2: uh, side note about that i i've seen a couple of episodes and during his first season that's right I-, I happen to flip on an episode and i hear a voice that's familiar and it is our own matt money smith what Yep, making a cameo what? on uh, on an episode of the first season season of one for, for, you. for you he's in there Yes, Why? uh he is uh, announcing a uh basically uh Nathan has to, in a Houdini-like manner, has to unhook himself from some handcuffs lest the claw of shame uh, expose him, and he is uh, you know, labeled a, a criminal. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We'll leave it at that. But, uh, but Money is the one who's broadcasting this thing and doing the play-by-play for the whole. Uh, the whole
4: yeah, thing. so there you go. There's wow. layers. Money, M- oh, Money layers. Smith was on Nathan for you. The show is fantastic. I was going to make Check an Eddie out.
3: Lacey joke in there somewhere, but I will avoid
4: it. <laughs> come, come on, James. Leave <laughs> Eddie <anybody laughs> alone. <laughs>
3: All right, that's going to do it for us today. Right, appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate everybody downloading the podcast as well. We've yeah. been exploding. Yes, thank you. Appreciate so it, guys. Great, right, Tell your right. friends. For Alex Gelhar, Marcus Grant, Michael Fabian, I'm James Coe. We're out.
0: Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night.
4: Mini Mini golf, anyone?
0: It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places.
4: You wouldn't
3: expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer, like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this.